to the Whistling Podcast. My name is Shui Yaozu. Today I'll be reading a work called Xiao Zhi, Principles of Whistling, also translated as Directives on Whistling. It was written by an anonymous author in the 8th century Common Era during the Tang Dynasty. I'll be reading a translation by a woman named Evangeline Dora Edwards, also known as Eve Edwards or E.D. Edwards. She lived from August 13, 1888 to the 29th of September, 1957. She taught language and Chinese literature at the School of Oriental Studies at the University of London from 1939 to 1947. She was the third professor of Chinese at SAOS, following J. Percy Bruce, 1925 to 1931, and Reginald Johnston. 1931 to 1937. You may know the name Reginald Johnston as the tutor of the Emperor Puyi, depicted by Peter O'Toole in the film The Last Emperor. She was the first female professor of Chinese anywhere in the Western world. Her main area of academic study was Tang Dynasty literature and poetry. She wrote a popular study of Confucius in 1940, and edited anthologies of translations under the titles Dragon Book, 1938, and Bamboo, Lotus, and Palm, 1948. Before I read her translation and commentary on the principles of whistling, I should explain one thing. When she wrote and translated this work, the Wade Giles romanization system was being used. You may remember a time when Beijing was called Peking, or Guangdong was called Canton, Chaomian was called Chaomain, like it still is in many restaurants in the West. Well, when I started studying Chinese in the 1990s, Pinyin had replaced Wade Giles as the system to understand Chinese sounds. To me, hearing Wade Giles is like when you're reading something and come upon some untranslated Latin or Greek from a time when everyone studied Latin and Greek in school so I have changed all of the Wade Giles to Pinyin just to make things easier on myself. Let's get on with it. I may stop a couple of times to explain a few things as we go along. Xiao Zhi, Principles of Whistling, translated with commentary by E.D. Edwards. Music has its origin in nature a fact which is recognized by the Chinese. Music may be conscious, men, or unconscious, animals, storms, etc. Vocal imitation preceded instrumental, which may have originated in the limitations of the human vocal cords. Speech is communication between man and man, between mind and mind. Music is communication between man and nature, the gods, the spirits. 
ancient music was no more than the sounds of nature combined into some sort of system. As we see in this work, vocal imitation of the sounds of nature came before instrumental music. Learners of whistling were numerous when Shun developed music and invented the lute. In the Yuefa Zalu by Duan Anjie of the Tang period, it says, Song is the voice of music. Strings are not equal to the bamboo, reed instruments. Reeds are not equal to flesh, the human larynx. The larynx is far superior to any instrument. Every musical sound, says the Xiao Zhi, has its counterpart in nature, and it allies the reed organ to the cry of the phoenix and the fife to the dragon's drone. As it says, the roar of the tiger and the drone of the dragon all have a proper sequence of notes. Though comparatively little is known of ancient music, in the East its influence as an instrument of government was recognized, and probably nowhere did it play a more important part than in China. The mysterious origin of sound, the history of the development of music from natural sounds, is the subject of a curious survival, a work said to be by a Tang Dynasty author and entitled Principles of Whistling, Xiao Zhi. There are two theories regarding the origin of the principles of whistling. The first is that during the Six Dynasties period, some persons wanted to do away with all Confucian ideas and went into the mountains and did what they liked, as for example whistling, since Confucius looked down on those who whistled. The other is the Taoist theory, and this is the more probable since Tao is frequently mentioned in the work. The Taoists believed that breathing the breath of nature was one means of gaining immortality, and taking the drug of immortality was another. By whistling they were breathing in accord with nature, and therefore they came nearer to immortality. This view is strengthened by a passage in the history of Qin, which says that a certain man was a lover of Zhuangzi and Laozi, an able whistler and good at playing the Chinese lute. The Xiao Zhi is found in the Dong Dai Zong Shu, a series of 160 odd works with an unknown editor. As to the date of the Xiao Zhi, we have only the evidence of the Feng Shur Wen Jian Chi, Volume 5, where under the heading Whistling, it says that in AD 765, Sun Guang, judge of the Supreme Court, wrote the Xiao Zhi. The word Xiao is given in the dictionary as meaning a whistling, hissing sound, to scream, to whistle. The word is also read su, meaning to moan. This article, which I take to be on how to whistle, says that a good whistler commands the attention of the whole world of spirits. In my view, this is one of the earliest works on phonetics. It tells one how to make certain sounds and how to check them when they are made. Though I have tried to whistle according to these rules, I have not succeeded and I assume that it was a part of the Taoist rule to practice. After such preparations, one may perform, as the principles put it. Preface Air forced outwards from the throat and low in key is termed speech forced outwards from the tongue and high in key is termed xiao, whistling. 
The low key of speech is sufficient for the conduct of human affairs, for the expression of our natural feelings. The high key of whistling can move supernatural beings and is everlasting. Indeed, though a good speaker can win response from a thousand li, a good whistler commands the attention of the whole world of spirits. The learners of the art are as follows. Lao Tzu transmitted it to the Queen Mother of the West, she to the perfected person of the South Polar Star, controller of human longevity, he to Guang Chengzi, he to the wind god Feng Bo, and he to Xiao Fu, father of whistling. Father of whistling taught it to seven-inch-tall Wu Guang, he to Emperor Yao, and Yao to Emperor Shun, who invented the zither. Shun transmitted whistling to Yu the Great, after whom the art declined until it was revived by the Jin Dynasty, 266 to 420, Common Era. Taoist transcendent Sun Gong, aka Sun Dong, of Mount Taihong, who obtained the technique, achieved the way, and disappeared without teaching it to anyone. Ruanji had a smattering of knowledge of the art, but after him it was lost and no longer heard. Whistling is dealt with in 15 chapters, starting from the first principles and ending with the conclusion. These give 12 methods, viz. The first is called YG, outward burst. The second is called Neiji, inward burst. The third is called Han, hold. The fourth is called Tsang, hide. The fifth is called San, disperse. The sixth is called Yue, surpass. The seventh is called Da Zhen, greater descent. The eighth is called Xiao Zhen, lesser descent. The ninth is called Xu, no translation. The tenth is called Chur, no translation. The eleventh is called Wu Tai, five majors. The twelfth is called Wu Shao, five minors. All these will be dealt with in the fifteen chapters wherein the beauties of whistling are fully treated. Number 1. First Principles Now the first principles are the beginning of whistling. When a man's psyche is in a state of abstraction, his moral vision undistorted, when his ego is undisturbed and free from emulation, when externals leave him unmoved, when his heart always pleases the spirits, when his moral nature is in harmony and steady, then he may presume to discuss first principles. When the atmosphere is perfectly normal and the earth currents balanced, when the sky is clear overhead and the sun and moon are in favorable conjunction, then one may mortify the spirit and nullify the body. The vivifying elixir will still diffuse, and the magic fountain gush. Then regulate the respiration, correct the relative positions of lips and teeth, compose the sides of the mouth, relax the tongue, practice in some retired spot. After such preparations, one may perform. Select the purest of the Wu Tai, let high and low notes follow in natural cadence without abrupt changes. These are the notes of the first principles. 
proceeding to discussion, certainly the production of any one note compels a listener to dwell upon that note. When the ear has mastered it, when the mind has absorbed it, when it has entered into harmony with one's inner nature and become suited to one's intelligence, then one really understands. 1. YG Outward Burst Place the tongue in close contact with the inside of the upper teeth. Open wide both lips and force the breath outwards, letting the sound go out. This is called YG. 2. Neji Inward Burst Place the tongue as before. Close both lips, compressing them to a point, like the opening of a stalk of wheat. Pass the breath through, making the sound go inwards. This is called Neji. 3. Han Hold Tongue as in the above methods, but protrude the lips as if pronouncing shu with forced breath. Hold the sound in and do not let it diffuse. 4. Tang Hide Tongue as before. Normalize the cheeks, straighten the corners of the mouth, maintaining them in this position and draw inwards as if trying to secrete it, the air, within. 5. San Disperse Tongue nearly in contact with the inside of the upper teeth, separated by the width of two peppers. Open wide both lips and expel the breath. It must be diffused freely to produce the san result. This is called san. 6. Yue Surpass Tongue as before. At each note, bring the tongue into contact with the roof of the mouth, producing short blasts. The mouth as in pronouncing sure. This is called yue. 7. Da jen. Greater descent. Tongue as before in yg. Breathe so as to make the sound fall from high to low, opening the throat the while. Keep the sound in the mouth as if holding a large object between the lips. Utter loudly and boldly. This is called Da Jen. 8. Xiao Jen. Lesser descent. Tongue as in previous method. Check the breath slightly and let the sound increase. Both Da Jen and Xiao Jen are yin sounds and are used by screaming demons and droning dragons. 9. Xiu. Tongue as above, as in enunciating Xiu high or low as felt to be suitable. 10. Chur Tongue as above, as if enunciating chur, high or low as suitable. 11. Wu Tai Five majors The five Tai are five varieties, viz. Gong, Shang, Zheng, Yu, Jue. Most of the Wu Tai have correspondences in the Wu Xiao. They are called Tai to match with the five virtues. Ren, benevolence. Yi, righteousness. Li, propriety. Zhi, wisdom. Xin, fidelity. That is to say, they are the backbone of the notes, the fundamentals. Those who talk of notes cannot get away from these, but accept Gong and Shang as key notes, bases of the scale. If these are correct and properly ordered, then the notes are true. If they are irregular, so are the notes of the scale. 12. Five minors. 
The Wu Shao are correspondences of the Wu Tai. The Wu Tai must belong to the groups Yin and Yang, some to each. Yet investigating the first principles, one says that the Wu Tai are Yang and the Wu Shao are Yin. When producing a sound, the method of producing it must be examined with care. All the twelve methods are like the twelve months of the year. Neiji corresponds to Huang Zhuang and Waiji to Ying Zhuang. Dajian corresponds to Tai Cho and Shaojian to Jia Zheng. Wu Tai to Gu Xi and Wu Shao to Zhang Lu. San to Rui Bin, Yue to Lin Zhang, Xu to Yitzi, Chi to Nan Lu, Han to Wu Shi, and Cang to Da Lu. The twelve semitones, represented by the pitch pipes, bring forth each other and are perfected. This is just a way to say that each one of the Chinese months corresponds to one note of the twelve-tone chromatic scale. The modern Chinese calendar is actually quite simple. Each month just has a number. One to twelve. In older times, each season was divided into three months. You had the Meng, Zhong, and Ji. Meng just means the first month of a season. Zhong means the middle month of a season, and Ji means the last month of a season. For example, Meng Chun, first month of spring. Zhong Chun, middle month of spring. Ji Chun, last month of spring. Number two, fleeting cloud. Fleeting cloud was heard by one who, in ancient days, was good at whistling, and hearing the voice of Han O, wrote it down. Sensuous and haunting, it is most beautiful when it is in harmony with the gong tune. It sinks and floats, rises and disappears, and may be compared with a dragon sporting in a spring fountain, rising to dizzy heights. The note checks the fleeting clouds, hence the name fleeting cloud. It recalls forest pools in spring dawn or gentle breezes at sunset. The specially proper way to do it is to open with nei ji, continue to san and han, yue, and xiao jian, ending in xiu and chur, continuing to wu shao. Such is the general outline of fleeting cloud. The notes bear a certain fixed character. The sounds tell of a dragon or a tiger or a cicada or a demon. Once performed, it is easy to repeat. Moreover, every air is followed by variations. In fact, it is said there are a round dozen variations, all very superior. The lute suits southern manners. The reed organ suits the cry of the phoenix. The fife suits the dragon's drone. Every musical sound has its counterpart in nature. So the roar of the tiger and the drone of a dragon all have a proper sequence of notes. What is here prefaced is dealt with later. I've been trying to search for these tunes, but I have had no luck yet. Seems more likely that they're sort of recipes or spells to provoke some response in nature, and not actual musical tunes. I may be wrong, and I hope to find out more later. Number three, 
tiger in a deep ravine. The tiger in a deep ravine was heard by a good whistler of ancient days and written down. Defiance to excess, rage to the limit, open on shang, and express reckless bravery unrestrained. The air suggests lush summer growth of twigs and flowers and fruit in plenty. The proper way to do it is to open on Neiji, proceed to Song, go to Han, YG, and Jen, close upon Wu Shao and Wu Tai. Such is the general outline of the tiger in a deep ravine. Number four, Cicada on a Tall Willow. The Cicada on a Tall Willow was heard by a fine whistler of olden times and written down while listening. Floating idly and rising high, it eddies and permeates. The beginning of the sound jue is not clear. It is high but harsh, thin but stressed. It ceases suddenly at times, then resumes. It suggests flowering forests with bamboos overhead. The eminently proper way to do it is to open on the note da jen, go on to wu shao, chur, san, and yue. Continue and make the notes thrill. Close on Xiao Jin. Such is the general idea of the Tikada on a tall willow. Number five. Night Demons in a Lonely Wood. Night Demons in a Lonely Wood was recorded by a good whistler of ancient days when passing through a lonely wood at night. It suggests crickets dotted about willow trees and twittering birds in the distance. The note is low, light, and rising, soft but not dying away. It suggests heavy clouds at dawn, the time of winds and flying snow. Eminently suitable to do it is the Taoist method. First summon a crowd of demons, assemble them in a lonely wood, gradually bring them into subjection. The heart should palpitate as though one actually met a demon. Open on Neiji, proceed to Wu Shao. The sounds exclude gong and shang notes and jue, but connect the sounds by the yue method. Such is the general idea of night demons in a lonely wood. Number six, the gibbon of the magic cavern. The gibbon of the magic cavern was written down by a good whistler on hearing it. It suggests murky darkness with brightness in the distance approaching and falling from many li away, mingled with the roar of the wind, the rush of many waters, and the rustle of forest trees. The howling of the gibbon emerges from this confusion of many sounds. The keynote opens on yu. Then the sound illumines the bare mountains and the wind rises in all the valleys. The proper way to do it is to open on neiji. Repeat from the beginning five times in succession, the first two clear and shrill, then three times quick and high. These complex sounds, once gathered up, give the general effect of the gibbon of the magic cavern. Number seven, snow geese and swans alighting. Snow geese and swans alighting was extracted from the Jing Jue of the musicians of the Qin. A fine whistler of olden days wrote it. If the sound is spacious and widespread, it is pleasurable. If it is short and shrill, it is disliked. When the music is played, each sound, both broad and short, must be listened to. 
and then there will be no liking or disliking, any more than there would be if one could discern clearly the sound of snow geese in the distance. Moreover, those good at whistling may be silent. Even if there is sound, it may not go beyond a few hundred feet. Huge snow geese fly in the sky. Where do you hear that sound on the way down? Indeed, if the breath be forced out between lips and teeth, an exquisite note passes into the surrounding air. Thereupon the surroundings become pleasant. They being pleasant, the original air, source of strength, descends. The snow goose can fly down from the flying clouds or float above in the sky. Can you say it cannot come down from the sky? As high autumn is mild and the scenery beautiful, so the specially proper way to do it is first to produce some score of times the rustle of swans rising up wind. This is YG, then continuing to Shu and Chur, modulate into Wu Tai, and end on San and Yue. Three performances, and fine weather will come. Five, and the flying clouds will roll up. Nine, and the snow geese and swans will alight. Such is the snow geese and swans alighting. Number eight, a kite on a dead tree. The kite on a dead tree was written down by a good whistler of ancient times while listening to it. On the wing, the bird emits a mournful cry which rings through the far spaces as if it were dissatisfied. It breaks off and recommences, cold and cheerless as the wilds, shadowy and vague as the bitter mists. The eminently proper way to do it is to begin on Neiji and hold the note a long time, then to Shu and Chur and continue to San. The above describes the cry of the kite on a dead tree. Number 9. Dragon Droning The dragon droning or dragon droning in the waters was written down while listening by a good whistler of ancient times. The dragon sinks and disappears, renewing his glossy appearance. The drone is high but neither rises nor falls. The keynotes are gong and shang. Misen Sen. On the side are sunlit crags leaning over. One looks into a deep pool or a dry abyss. The eminently correct way to do it is to open on Neiji and proceed to Han and Tsang. Prepare an impressive ending on Jen, such as the description of a dragon droning. Number 10. Earthquake. The earthquake is extracted from Gong Sun. The notes were corrected by musicians of the Qin Kingdom. The sound is widespread and vast, uniform without variation all through, mysterious and continuous. The rumble of thunder is not louder. It is depressing and alarming, as is the note Chur uttered with force. When one has absorbed the rule of Tao and raised oneself to the highest pitch of exultation, and all accumulated wrath has evaporated, being rendered immaterial, then an angry shout may cause mountains to heave and make one throw out one's hands in terror. For indeed the earth is the most solid of things, and the way of the land is most calm. Would it not be strange to shake it with a whistle? Still there are things that move it. What are they? 
For man is decided and breathes out, his breath is urged outwards and ends in sound. Sound solidifies itself in Tai Gong and Tai Shang notes, which thus of themselves mingle with the four cosmic vapors. Then the Lu vibrates and the Lu responds, the Yang acts and the Yin is passive. Certainly the Yang accumulates and reacts on the Yin, the Yin accumulates and reacts on the Yang. Having accumulated and having moved, then the mode of expression is uncertain. Since the earth rests upon these two interactive steps, how can they disturb what they support and hold? Can it remain motionless? Thus then, sound being produced, we perceive the reasonableness, possibility, of terrestrial movement. We know that music has effects. It may not necessarily produce an active earthquake, but afterwards we call it earthquake sound, and say it is the solidification of the G of earth, and the congealing of the yin. The eminently proper way to do it is to open on Neiji, proceed to Da Jin, Tsang, and Han are both taken. Wu Tai expresses the moving. This is the description of the earthquake. Number 11, Su Mun. The Su Mun was composed by the Taoist immortal recluse who lived in the Su Men mountains of Henan. The Holy One transmitted, he did not make it. The immortal transmitted the music of Guang Cheng and Wu Guang in order to rejoice the spirit and expand the Tao. He did not regard music as the main task. In olden days, there were those who roved in Su Mun listening to the phoenix songs. The notes were exquisitely clear, very different from the so-called pretended phoenix. The phoenix makes sounds, but humans cannot hear them. How then can the Sioux family know the sound of the phoenix? Hereafter, when seeking the sound, bring up the immortal's whistle. The immortal's whistle does not stop at fostering the Tao and gratifying the spirits. For indeed, in everyday affairs, it brings harmony into the world, and peace in season. In oneself, the Tao never dies. In objective matters, it assists all that is sacred, and conducts the five influences. In the arcana of nature, order prevails. For success in obtaining response to such efforts, nothing approaches music. The immortal has evolved the one successful form. As to all wild things, whistling is the one thing needful. Ruan Suzong of Jin, a.k.a. Ruan Ji, was a fine whistler. Hearing that the immortal thought himself his equal, he, Ruan, went to visit him. The immortal remained seated with his hair in disorder. Ruan bowed repeatedly and inquired after his health. Thrice and again, thrice he addressed his uncivil host. The immortal maintained his attitude and made no response. Ji then whistled some score of notes and left. The immortal, estimating that his guest had not gone far, began to whistle the Jing Jue to the extent of four or five movements. But Ji perceived that the mountains and all growing things took on a different sound. Presently came a fierce whirlwind with pelting rain, followed by phoenixes and peacocks in flocks. No one could count them. Ji was alarmed, but also pleased, and he returned home and wrote down the story. 
he obtained only two-tenths of it and called it Su Mun. This is what they tell there. The motif of the song is lofty mountains and wide marshes, great heights and distances, open on Wu Tai and Wu Shao, then Jen and Chur, and both Nei and Wai, and so through the whole twelve methods and you get something of the music of Su Mun. Number 12. Liu Gong Commanding Demons Liu Gong Commanding Demons was composed by Liu Zhen. Liu Zhen attained to being the perfect, complete Taoist. He possessed a refined taste in whistling. Being insulted by the prefect, he whistled, and called his, the prefect's grandfather, of the seventh generation to come. He came forthwith. His notes were pure and high, short and quick. Anyone below the average of musical taste disliked listening to his performance. Although a determined man might like the old style of whistling, yet for the most part it was not practiced. Hence the text of the notes has many hiatuses, which posterity has been unable to fill. They call this the stiff model. Open with the three notes of the Wu Shao. Do not apply Gong and Shang. Then use Nei Ji, Da Zhen and Xiao Zhen, and on Xiu and Chur, then Liu Gong commanding demons is described. Number 13. The Loose Rhymes of the Ruan. The Loose Rhymes of the Ruan were really composed by Ruan Ji. The rhymes are free and easy, hence the title. In the use of the various methods, this air resembles the runs and repetitions of the first principles, number one, and fleeting cloud, number two. The twelve methods may be freely used. San and Yue are used most often. Both persons of refinement and culture and commonplace and mean folk can listen with appreciation. The majesty of the heavenly principle purged from all miasmic influence may mingle with the ordinary music of the Shuan and Chur, and the music of Zhong and Yue enter the ear. Most good whistlers can perform this air. Whenever persons retired in the woods and by springs puff out wind, and by accident produce a rhymed sound, if their attempt misses success, it is simply a misfire. If it is completely successful, then it remains. The above gives a general idea of the loose rhymes of the Ruan. Number 14. Standard Notes Standard just means standard. Extraordinary sounds bear no relationship to usual notes. In comparatively modern days, Sun Gong was successful, but people did not listen. As to peaceful notes, they stave off old age and do not allow one to die. These standard notes are known about, but the notes themselves are lost. Number 15, Conclusion. The conclusion is at the extremities of the scale, the end of the great Tao. 
After the days of Yao and Shun, there was some idea of these notes, but the actual notes were lost. Colophon. The name of the author of the principles of whistling is not given. Looking at the general statement, it seems very probable that it was written by someone in the Tang dynasty, but there is no evidence to decide this. This book is exceedingly rare. The preface says the Western Queen Mother taught the fairy of the South Polar Star. He passed it on to Guang Chengzi. This is extravagant talk and not usually accepted, but the twelve methods are found in Sun Dong and Ruanji, so that we can truly say we have the general purport of whistling. The preface also says that Sun Dong did not hand on the gift to anyone, and after Ruanji it disappeared and was no more heard. I once went to Luoyang on business and made a trip to the Sumen Mountains, visiting the former haunts of Sun and Ruan but methinks it is not permitted to hear the notes of the phoenix. Most unfortunately, I was not favored. Now the voice of man is the voice of the universe, nature. Man may be ancient or modern, but sound is eternal, never new or old. Now this book is going forth, and who knows whether a sun or a ruan may not appear in some mountains or woods, and that being so, who can say that there is an end to whistling? Ming Dynasty Zhengde Period, Gong Chen, 1520. You can join the Whistling Podcast group on Facebook. I now have a website, thewhistlingpodcast.com. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thewhistlingpodcast. And I also have a Quora site for discussions, thewhistlingpodcastspace.quora.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Whistling Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>